The wide bay window looks out onto a city brimming with both the promise of future possibilities and the pain of past failures. I spin my chair around just long enough to see the sunset. The colors span across city blocks, stretching shadows long on top of the many buildings that failed to survive the worst financial meltdown since the Great Depression. I tilt my chair back and wrap my hands around the back of my neck as I scan the narrowed streets filled with cars and people here and there, the remnants of the businesses that are no more. The bank on the corner went under. The mortgage firm down the road tanked. And all I can think about is the path I started on so many years ago that put me in this very chair today. Like a man caught beneath a rain of falling bombs, I not only dodged the devastation of the failing economy, I ducked my head, pulled at the wrists of those at my side, and ran past the falling debris of financial ruin. To survive, I sacrificed basic human needs, such as food and sleep, while many others in the financial industry were not so fortunate, and there are now silent brick-and-mortar buildings bearing the cold testament to their failure. The phone on my desk rings and I am startled out of my daydream. As the call has been answered at the front desk, I look into the distance and remember a time when all that inspired me were the golden arches high above McDonald's. My American dream began long before stepping foot onto American soil, but McDonald's was the place where my idea of everything about what America represented began. It was my chance to become whoever I wanted to be. As my grandfather always taught me, America was the place where I was allowed to dream big dreams, because anything could happen if I just worked hard enough. Long after my years in the Ann Arbor fast food restaurant, an experience that gave me, a non-English speaking immigrant, his first opportunity, the owner of that same store purchased the land directly next to mine to build his multi-million dollar home. And even now, with the many blessings I've received, I look back and remember these feelings of opportunity and hope for a better life for my parents, brother, grandmother, and for myself. Life has become more than I ever could have imagined it to be when I was a small boy in Kiev. I didn't dare to dream about becoming a best-selling author or being appointed to serve on many boards, including my alma mater, or more importantly, becoming one of the youngest CEOs of all time in a business that started out of a closet with my savings of $3,000. As the colors of the sun streak through the window, I think all these things can happen only in America. Because of my parents' sacrifice all those years back, I am now able to give my daughter Julie all the things every parent wants for their child. She will know that dreams can come true, that she never needs to live in fear of prejudice and that she will never go hungry. She will never be homeless, and she will never go a single day without the undying love of her father. I pick up the silver picture frame that sits on my desk and look at the gentle brown eyes of my sweet little girl, my finger tracing the outer edge of the frame as I smile right back at her free-spirited grin. I thank God for that grin, and I hope that she never loses it. I feel a twinge of pride in my chest at the thought that as long as I live, my Julie will never go a moment without feeling loved, protected, and cherished. Through all those sleepless nights, working 23 hours a day, I did everything in my power to make one thing clear. Julie comes first.
My only hope is that someday, when she's old enough to know all that I've done in my life and everything I am, she will never need to wonder where she stood in my list of priorities. She will already know. You have a call on line one. I hear through the phone speaker. I snap out of my reverie, set the frame back in its place, and revert back to business. But when I pick up the phone, I have no idea what's about to come through from the other end. As I listen, I try to catch my breath, to let what I'm hearing sink in, and to realize that this is the culmination of everything I've endured and all that has come to be. When I slept on a beanbag chair in a 335-square-foot apartment with five others, surviving the Chernobyl catastrophe, I could never have imagined that this is where I'd be today. I hang up the phone, spin my chair back towards the sunlight that is now melting into the sky, and smile.